Before we jump into the beautiful chaos that is the urban landscape, I want to touch on your worldview, Jonas. And this also goes to you, our dear listeners and avid rumblers. If you are the kid who grew up in the concrete jungle that is Metro Manila, where tall and firm narrow trees are the high-rises, the tall grasses are the sidewalks, which are sometimes non-existent, and the sound of nature are the vehicle horns, the drilling machine in workshops, the screaming voice of jeepney barkers or the bus conductors in a dimly lit street, the noisy chattering in a wet market, and what have you. So let me ask this question to you, Jonas, and to our listeners, wherever you might be tuning in at this moment, how do you envision your city? Well, I would envision my city with a mix of probably, hmm, question, like Tokyo plus Singapore, probably, where you got yeah. the, you know, the fast-paced Tokyo mixed with the more Southeast Asian cosmopolitan vibe of Singapore. That's how I envision my city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, whenever I whenever I think about Tokyo, and uh, if we're gonna put in some like uh, uh, a futuristic landscape in Tokyo, like I I, I usually think of uh, you know androids, <laughs> like you see in in, in Dragon Ball <laughs> and whatnot, all those animes. <laughs> But uh, when you were little, uh, you were little and still very imaginative, Jonas. I am certain that you are you have you probably had a vision of. Of uh, what a city or a town is in reality, or perhaps you have, you have probably um, guessed that uh, you can you could see some bits of Tokyo in your in where you where you where you grew up or where uh, where your hometown was or is. Then this has been shaped also with the animated shows you've seen on TV, such as Futurama, The Simpsons, The Jetsons, and the Avatar: The Last Airbender on foreign TV, and of course. On morning segments in our local channels, also like uh, Naruto, Pokemon, Power Rangers, Detective Conan, and many more, which were all dubbed in Tagalog. Now it is starting to sound nostalgic, but given that these are fictional towns that we've seen in our favorite TV shows during childhood, in your perspective, have you somehow seen even just bits of what your ideal city is? In our real cities in Metro Philippines, well, our skyscrapers are keep on, keeping on, you know, rising and going up into the sky, and well, our transportation systems are now improving compared to like 10, 20 years ago, despite all its, you know, all our troubles and complaints. But you know, uh, I think it's really on the up and up. I mean, we got projects here and there that are now. Uh, focusing on not just um, you know your usual bus service or your jeepney service, but now pretty soon you're gonna see you know high-speed rail services, and that's quite exciting for me. In addition, there's also the uh, the air services that are now improving. I mean, I, I mean before you, we you could only see Nia terminals one and two, and now we got terminals three. You got Uh, the newly opened Clark Terminal, and so um, it, the the future is you know is really accelerating and going really really fast. And I, I could really see parts of you know Tokyo and Singapore in the Philippines um, also because of um, the Metro Manila subway and all the interconnections mm. that we have. 
And lastly, of course, I'm from Makati, so there's the Makati subway. Hopefully, it will come in soon. So why not, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? You know, like uh, I think that we have lots of uh, of young officials and the leaders that are can- that have that can-do attitude. So it's really nice to imagine seeing your ideal city in our real cities here in in, in Metro Philippines. Although um, we are obviously very uh, uh, left off from uh, from the rest of the world when it comes to the development, it's uh, there's still glimpses of uh, developments that uh, we could only wish for or we could, we have only seen in movies. That we are beginning to see also, although there there are still lots of issues that uh, we are yet to to um, to solve uh, before beforehand. So, truth be told, cities today are far different from the ideal cities uh, that we can imagine, as shaped by literature and ideals, and for practical and realistic reasons also. If the question is thrown back at me, I have not thought of an image of what a city should look like and be like. In reality, until I learned that countries with varying cultures have modeled their own differently, a city is not only patterned on tons of calculations, but also rightly be rooted from the society's culture. Take, for example, my favorite, the Renaissance period, and the Italian cities that flourished with arts and science after a dark period. The cities today are uh, still upholding the vast developments that took place. During the said period, and uh, the glorious architectural wonders and statues of the influential thinkers, philosophers, and monarchs still stand, and each and every element is symbolic to the identity of the society that it represents. The cities are still dedicated for the pedestrians, and one can experience a beauty by walking around and discovering through the tall pillars, marvelous paintings, and fantastically designed structures that were way ahead of their time. Everything represented wisdom, liberty, and courage of a remarkable society. Well, indeed, cities such as if you play Assassin's Creed, you have Firenze, Florence. Yes, Enzo Firenze. It's auditory. You got Venice, the beauty of you know that beautiful city by the um, by the sea. You got Milan. That Rome uh, embodied the, identi- the identity and the wisdom of its people in the medieval ages until now, and perhaps in the future. You know, you have, you know, again, I'm going to quote again Tokyo, you got Singapore, you got Hong Kong, you got LA, New York, and many of those model cities. Apart from society and culture, we are learning that cities, even those that in emerging economies such as ours, can be more progressive you know the as the song goes hinahanap hanap kita manila architecture is growing fast and newer concepts are introduced here and there for the changing times this is because not only we build cities that embody culture but are also feeding the needs of the people for better living and that which adapts with evolving challenges and changing times so how then do we make our cities sustainable and resilient by design for the years to come. This is Sustain a Rumble, the podcast that explores critical issues on sustainable development. 
Here are your hosts, CK and Jonas. Cities are designed and planned as the inhabitants' needs continuously change. An urban landscape is where human settlements are built. It is where humans thrive, markets flourish, transportation connectivity become a necessity, and resources are being used. But the resources are limited. The natural environment is exchanged for concrete built-up environments in many urban areas such as roads, railways, walkways, buildings, homes, parks, plazas, power and water distribution mechanisms such as sheet lights, utility posts, and hydrants, and of course the drainage systems. Land is scarce, so we have begun to build homes and buildings vertically. As the population, especially here in the Philippines, constantly grows with migration and reproduction, therefore the supply and demand grows with it as well. We demand our cities to provide us with food, water, energy, and jobs. Our governments create policies to guide growth, and the business sector drives commerce and finance. Urbanization has to be managed effectively or efficiently, and more importantly, sustainably. Urban planning addresses this as it looks at the current state of a place, studies where it needs to go, and creates ways to solve problems that may be encountered along the way. But what does all these elements stick? Two words, urban design. Architects can find an interesting niche in urban design in terms of sharpening his role as a sculptor of cities and towns. An article on the Urban Design Group website collated several definitions about urban design. These definitions point to one common denominator, that urban design is the collaborative and multidisciplinary process of shaping the physical setting for life in cities, towns, and villages. The art of making places, the design in an urban context. Aware of the essential Vitruvian architectural virtues of Venustas or beauty, firmitas or strength, and utilitas or function, the architect will find himself fitting in the realm of urban design. Urban design, admittedly, even I'm confused, is, you know, it's sometimes mixed up or very, very much confused with urban planning. There are many aspects that connect them, but it is important to note the key differences. Urban planning usually deals with the macro level of planning cities and towns, including its physical organizations, such as the development of open land based on various activities that take place in them. Urban design, however, aims to mold cities by interweaving architecture in its so-called in-between spaces such as the actual building site, roads, streets, landscape areas, public open spaces, etc. into one harmonious whole. As writer Peter Buchanan wrote, it will, quote, create natural locations of things. This will result into a distinct and relatable urban image where people can find solace being in them. As we know, we, we started off with the pre-colonial era when the Philippines was not even discovered yet. But then again, as we date back through the pre-colonial period, we already have in existence the basic territory, which is the barangay. That is Freddy Bautista. He is the deputy chairperson and the program director at the Green Architecture Advocacy Philippines, a climate reality leader 
and the principal architect at the ABB Architectural Services. So back then, you had you have all those uh, early settlers uh, or inhabitants rather, and uh, they come from various uh, areas already, and probably they don't even know that they were well. They they were just there. Um, as you all know, we are we are an archipelago, and each of this uh, evolve eventually from different territories. Okay. And at that time, these were the barangays, and these were headed by the Datus. And then, <clears throat> let's pass, fast forward a bit, uh, by 1521 and uh, 1898, we were uh, discovered by the Spanish, uh, or the Spaniards, and then came the Spanish occupation. And then from there, we grew most of the settler, settlements were coastal cities or so well coastal settlements rather where there were more of trade being exercised from uh at that time i think it was uh, there were mexican traders even coming from uh, that far so at that time there were the basic colonial urban planning we started off with cebu where magellan landed and then from then on it grew to more than about 200 cities were founded using typically grid structures and normally these grid structures were fortified as as you know uh, at that time the reason for that one is to avoid hostile intrusion from the locals yung settlement ngayon talagang naging well it we as we come to know there's intramuros so ganun siya naging ano siya enclosed areas so eventually, uh, after uh, what 300 years, 1521 to 1898, we America came in, you know, and we were occupied then. So one of the most notable uh, urban designs then, back then, was uh, when they commissioned the see Governor Taft commissioned the Daniel Burnham. Daniel Burnham is uh, one of the prominent architects back then who was responsible for Chicago, Washington, okay, and that was in 1905. And, you know, the plan then for Metro Manila, or sorry, Manila rather, was patterned from Paris, Naples, and Venice, okay? Can you imagine if we were able to retain that one? Ang ganda sana. We had the main arteries and then we have uh, open spaces, proper distribution of the population. It would have been good if we were able to follow that okay, in Metro Manila. You'll see some remnants of his design through uh, the Luneta and that, that uh, where those old, go, uh, old government buildings are originally. Those are the ones, part of the plan of Daniel Burnham. Not only did he do that for Manila, he did that for Baguio also. So partially, nagawa ng Baguio, but you know how evolution <laughs> comes in, progress comes in. Uh, well, in the guise of progress, but you know, eh. so, hindi natin talaga na, na maintain uh, the way it was originally planned. Uh, maraming factors, maraming factors ang nangyari dyan eh. 
And one of the main things then, kaya hindi rin natuloy uh, yung plan ni Burnham sa Manila, it didn't really come into uh, fruition because of the World War. In 1941, okay, pumasok yung Japanese. So they were they occupied the country for about three years. That was um, 1941 to 1945. And you know how it was. Yeah, destruction. Looking back at the, our history, puro destruction na nangyayari. And then, uh, eventually, the, we were liberated by the Americans together with our uh, guerrilla forces. Uh, nakuha uli ang Manila. And then, from then on, nag-umpisa tayo mang redevelopment. What is then the case for the Philippines is urban development. If we look at today's development in the country, anyone who have any idea about the industry can almost always associate the notion with commercialism while naming top corporations in the construction and development. A study released by the United Nations Human Settlements Program says that the world's fastest growing cities are in Asia. Well, among all of these is our Metro Manila. Manila is the 12th among 22 cities in terms of investment prospects. That isn't actually true until the pandemic. The Philippines will be the 16th largest economy in 2050 alongside developing nations like Mexico, Turkey, and Argentina. However, a great percentage of people living in these countries are urban poor who continue to have limited access to basic public services and utilities such as education, healthcare, and electricity among others, and opportunities for advancement. Closely tying the country's development focus with land developers and commercialism is not inherently bad as it still drives progress, but it should definitely call for a shift in the way we view and consider areas that would need to be more humanized and prioritized by the public sector. Urban design, innovation, and development must be considered top priority for the government's funding alongside public health and education. Because if it stays secondary, don't you guys think that the latter two sectors I've mentioned won't be as progressive despite bigger funding and focus from the government if the urban landscape per se continues to deteriorate living conditions due to its unsustainable and inhuman design? When you progress, expectedly, magkakaroon na increase ng migration. Eh. So, what happens that even those tayo, we, we live with people, okay? We employ people. But who do we rely? Yeah, your drivers, your maids, you want to stay out in Nino? Where do they stay? Diba? Where do they really stay? Their families. So, asan sila umuwi? But yet, they support us in terms of labor. So, saan yung settlement nila? Diba? The office workers, the janitors, the guards. Where do they go home to? Unlike those, yun nga eh, andyan pa rin yung uh, class system natin eh. Even from way back, pre-colonial, ganun na tayo eh. It, yung inclusivity namawala eh. Laging hiwalay. That's why it's so hard really to do some formal, you'd say, well, at, at least the context that we've been used to, a formal urban development. So, in fact, there was even uh, uh, 
I, I don't know. <sighs> Contrasting, you know. But there's even an idea before. Can we plan with the informal settlers there? Urban development. Yeah. That, that's one of the questions then. See, in fact, the time Marcos, um, they tried solving that one. Instead, what they did was provide uh, housing. Doon nagkaroon ng National Housing Authority and all. And all. These are good models. In fact, uh, at that time, I was working also as a... Uh, Uh, an intern for architect Gaite at that time and he was handling uh, that government project uh, we call it the Bliss Housing so I had a hand there also and uh, eventually it was in a way working but you can't stop migration as you can stop progress so ganun din but other countries okay, at the time we were the model other countries followed suit. Okay, nagkaroon nga ng ASEAN Association for Planning and Housing. The ASEAN countries, this is a, a composition of government and private uh, sector uh, initiatives. So I would say I had the opportunity to work as an executive director uh, with that organization also. And, you know, we were looked upon and they, they followed that model. Okay, nagkaroon ng NHA Thailand. Housing Development Board in Singapore, and it you know the the perfect ano is Singapore. Up to now, the Housing Development Board is there. Yeah. So again, pagdating think as is progress, we have to be inclusive. Oh, kanon you know wala yung class uh, levels. Ideally, okay, that's the only way to do uh, to get rid of. Uh, Well, what is uh, those underprivileged? But you have to lift them up as well. You have to recognize that the urban poor also are part of the urban system. Right? They deserve a place in the city also. They cannot be considered as probably opposite of the formation of a nation. We cannot uh, continuously perpetuate this dichotomy of uh, us and them this course that has been pervasive during the, even the, during the colonial period i have nothing against uh, short term uh, short tenures of uh, office for the public uh, officials that's where i agree very much however the plans and programs okay should be continued Every time there's a new administration, things change. Okay, things change yeah. with mm-hmm. you know with their whim and fancy to as simple as naming streets, renaming streets, diba? Mm. Diba? So you know, if we can only maintain continuity, ng plans and programs, okay, and even improve it, it would have been good. Things would have been better. Everyone, every new administration comes in. They try to develop something to make them, well, at least look <laughs> look uh, better than the previous uh, administration. Yeah, but, uh, there are a lot of good things that happens in every administration. So all you need to do is carry it out. 
And just like Sarah uh, did that one, he's privy with the plans of, uh, privy to the plans of Marcos. Ito yung mga C5, mga C6. These are old plans. Okay, mga radial roads. These are old plans. So all, all they needed to do was continue it. Staying up to date with game-changing solutions that address economic, social, and environmental issues that face us is something that is difficult to achieve. In most cases, you will find global news when you Google sustainable development solutions. If you're looking at a head start in knowing how Filipinos are addressing these challenges, it is difficult to get reliable and fully detailed scoops on the internet. The incredibly special solutions in local communities that are brought by some of the most creative and inventive Filipino minds oftentimes go unnoticed by local and mainstream media. Luckily, we have OffCrowd.com that shines a spotlight on how local entrepreneurs, innovators, leaders, and influencers collectively improve the lives of many. Do check out OffCrowd.com to discover really interesting stories relating to the environment, agriculture, education, energy, and innovation. That is Oscar, Foxtrot, Foxtrot, Charlie, Romeo, Oscar, Whiskey Delta, When you get there, make sure to subscribe to their newsletter. A good and effective urban design is not new for progressive countries. Each has its own distinct makeup that combines great aesthetics and effective functionality. Take for example the Art de Triomphe in Paris with a radial design that resembles a clock. The arc is surrounded by a circular road and there are a number of exits going outwards into the commercial and residential areas. In Barcelona, there is the infamous superblocks where each and every block is a set of buildings grouped together in uniform dimensions. Each block consists of homes, commercial facilities, and many urban gardens for the inhabitants to also cultivate the environment and grow food if they intend to. In Amsterdam in the Netherlands, you would not find any skyscrapers and the buildings, whether homes or commercial facilities, are nearly identical to one another. And I surely won't forget that the passageways are mainly dedicated for people and cyclists to navigate in the city. This is a byproduct of good governance and a public system enforced with goodwill that puts people first. Because at the end of the day, the people is a driving force of a stable and progressive economy. Truly, good urban design has contributed to the viability of cities and towns in different parts of the world. Historical districts, for instance, which were designed and planned to preserve and not just individual buildings, but also the surrounding areas, promote a beautiful and distinct image and therefore lure visitors and even investors to the place. And I'll think of modern-day Binondo for one. Very historical in its nature. A good urban design indeed improves the quality of life. Most of the time, urban design touches on certain aspects ordinary people don't usually pay attention to. Views and vistas allow residents and visitors to give a better appreciation to better buildings or imported buildings and spots in the city. For instance, a capital building standing majestically at the end of a tree-lined avenue doesn't just give an opportunity for a postcard-worthy picture. It also reflects the social-political uh, importance to the community. 
It also gives a clear hint of its history and administrative uh, function. Good urban design, just like the one advocated by City Beautiful proponents long ago, also promotes the establishments of more public open spaces and the enhancement of existing ones. In a time when everybody seems to be on just a build, build, build frame of mind, with this sensitivity to good aesthetics and efficient use of spaces, the architect could gain a new perspective in having his buildings knit itself into an urban fabric that aims to bring together architecture, landforms, mobility, community spaces, history, and even those considered to be as mystical and sensual in the way people perceive cities and towns. This is where design penetrates into the psyche of the public by improving their well-being and in turn let them appreciate what a good urban design could bring to them. The way of life has probably differed in terms of uh, facilities, uh, the physical aspects, okay, but the class system is still there, okay, the, the, the rich and the poor are <laughs> you know, not really balanced. The, the ratio between the rich and the poor is not really balanced. So the, the less privileged enjoy less really of uh, health facilities, uh, schools, but it's not enough. Eh? It's not enough. Mas marami sila yung ano yung mas marami sila. Okay, and there's not no equitable distribution as far as land is concerned, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. There's progress if progress can be distributed. People doesn't have to go to where the grass is greener. All they need to do is keep on watering the grass in their feet. Let it grow so that you don't have to go, don't have to migrate. The idea is to create safer, sustainable, more livable, resilient, and economically competitive communities where everybody can flourish. So, dapat lahat eh, Urban planning is necessary really to help sustain and improve communities. In other words, we set the tone for, for people to progress. Okay, in yung role of urban planning then. Communities should be allowed to thrive. Uh, we have to foster trust, cohesion, and understanding among I said, demo, demographically diverse communities. Eh. Yun yung challenge sa mga planners. Eh. To increase opportunities for meaningful and social interaction. Eh. Hindi yung nagkakanya-kanya. When we say sustainable urban design, okay, um, one of the things that should be considered always, kasi like our theme now, Green Architecture Advocacy Philippines, okay, we started this theme from last year. We call it the triple S. And that's survivability, self-sufficiency, and sustainability. Triple S. What do we mean by this when we say sustainable urban design? It's just like putting, uh, well, the needs of all in a particular area. Take, for example, uh, you, you know, one of my the community, community that's really self-sufficient, one that can stand alone. And you know what? We've gone through the experience of the pandemic the last year. And somehow we were, you know, with the threat of losing our food supply. Remember? Mm-hmm. Vegetables na lang. Yeah. Where were 
are vegetables coming from? From the highlands, from Baguio City, from elsewhere, di ba? And nung nag-lockdown, what happened? Panic buying. If each community has the potential to stand on its own, then we wouldn't have those problems, okay? Uh, I'd like a community probably, you know, that can address that one. Uh, example, kasi mayroon part of the building code, uh, you always have to have open spaces, at least 30%. So subdivisions, ano na mangyayari? The open spaces are dedicated to parks, to uh, roads, clubhouses. But if a certain portion can be dedicated to productive use, okay, mm-hmm. vegetables, for example, you can develop that one and probably do uh, some cycling in terms of growing uh, food supply. That way, probably you'll have some Sunday markets and then the excess you can even share to the other communities. Sustainability is scalable. And given, like you said, minimal space and all and the existing ones, we can look still, okay, at making things sustainable, okay? Example, the old buildings. One of the biggest uh, requirements on power consumption Okay, the contributors are the buildings, and that's 40%. That's about 40% on energy consumption. And most of these metric systems are looking at uh, new buildings. Old buildings can be repurposed, even warehouses. Uh, we, we say sometimes the most green buildings are the ones standing up already. Okay, because you don't have to, you know, start fresh with, you know, Uh, and yun na yung embodied energy nila eh. Yeah. Nakatayo na siya. Okay? So you just need to improve it, repurpose it, retrofit it, and, and make it more efficient. All that said, let's go back to the earlier question. Can we restart or Metro Manila's urban design? Short answer, no, of course not. But despite everything being built and all, spaces occupied by an old government or bank office in a brutalist building, a highway, a glass-paned high-rise building or sadly an underdeveloped space that filled with informal settlements that will only be demolished by a known developer to put up condos and malls, conversion of places can be done. For example, we can bring the glory back to Binondo by making the one-ways purely for pedestrian and bicycle access. We can also convert ad- abandoned areas occupied by defunct factories into small towns with houses for settlements and commercial facilities such as hospitals, schools, markets, and satellite government offices to draw basic services needed for survival close to the residents. Public transport and alternative transport can be further bolstered to help people move more efficiently and bring less dependence to private vehicles. Surely, a lot has to be done to affect these changes. But as the, but, but as the saying goes, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. That is so precise right there. Let us not forget that COVID-19 prompts us to revisit the way we build cities in preparation for better coping mechanisms should a new wave of pandemic or a to-be-reported the strongest typhoon in Philippine history arrive in the next couple of days, or even years, or even decades. Hmm. Cities across the world are rethinking urban design, from hardscapes urban and I mean urban concrete and glass the more green solutions such as vertical garden 
public parks are being designed to serve as multi-purpose infrastructure. For example, using a watershed approach to capture stormwater during the rainy season or simultaneously use it for recreational purpose. Similarly, iconic design in open spaces allow for people of all ages to enjoy amenities like we see in Medellin, in Colombia, where libraries are being designed as safe spaces for people without the fear of drugs or crime. Future planning will also need to take into account access to health services during pandemics and integrate it with mobility solutions. We are advancing rapidly to digital solutions like Internet of Things or AI for evidence-based planning. As part of the COVID economic recovery efforts, greater emphasis should be given to use of geospatial tools for planning and implementation of infrastructure. This is a fantastic opportunity for cities in the Philippines to interconnect with the rest of its peers and also use these solutions in proactive urban planning. Cities attract talent, innovation, and creativity as people are pulled into increasingly dense and dynamic urban centers around the world. A secure, high-quality life and sustainable environment is becoming imperative in the planning discourse. COVID-19 has reminded us of the urgency to accelerate and adapt our cities to an emerging pandemic. With mayors and local governments who are at the front line of response and recovery, it is a stark reality that our cities will no longer remain the same. We're talking about the climates, smart buildings, okay? And this is a step forward already. And again, there is one step that uh, well, is being pushed by United Nations Development Program. And that can follow suit. We, have, we actually have so much policies, uh, like I said, on hand. Uh, all it needs is proper coordination and cooperation of all sectors, government and private. In terms of policies, I mean, they're all there already. We, we just need, need to review it and start applying it. It goes beyond the task of the architects, the urban planners. Everybody has to work in concert. Everybody together can influence the built environment. And that one, we have a foothold already. And we've been trying to do that for the longest time. Do urban planners do the same thing? But uh, again, how it is policed, how it is maintained, well, we need the cooperation of the other sectors. The only way really is, well, we do what we keep on doing, like educate and advocate. We cannot rest on our laurels, okay? Not because we have a degree, we can know it all, okay? Experience is still the best teacher. But from experience, we learn and we innovate. We continue to adapt just as what we have done in the past year, one of the what memorable years that we have. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know it, it, it's entirely different. We've learned a lot of new things, but probably some of us were humbled. And, you know, we're, we're all beyond ourselves you know that there there's so much that we cannot control but so much we can learn okay and how to live with it i always say you know you have to live with nature because we are nature okay mm -hmm. we are part of nature we cannot overpower nature and basically you have to go back to basics back to basics and live it things are changing so 
we have to keep on adapting as we have adapted last year and continue to adapt now with the new normal. Well, there's no specific layout that can be exactly patterned, but there are influences that you can follow. And one of the principles is, you know, you know we build, we marry rather, okay, the natural environment to the built environment. And most developments now, even in Clark uh, New City, there are mm. good plans that are coming up. And this has taken into consideration the environment and the and nature. Before, it's like Singapore. Before it used to be, uh, they call it the garden city. Now it's more known as a city in a garden. Mm. So it's a you mix natin eh. I mean, not that the old ones are distinct, okay, and and puro grid kasi sila eh. Not typical design before were grid types eh, but it can be organic. It we can, some, me, I'd like something to blend with nature really. Eh. Okay, we retain the natural waterways. We retain the natural terrain as much as possible and have a feel of the place from what it was before. So we still maintain its natural identity and then you mix in the built environment and you try to strike that balance in its ecology. That's the kind of city I'd like. On the next episode of Sustain a Rumble. In the age of rapidly developing computing power and technology becoming rapidly cheaper to both create and access, more tasks that used to be manual work are now being done through the comfort of one's own portable computers such as laptops and smartphones. Since nearly everything is accessible through handheld devices, more work is being done everywhere as connectivity becomes more widespread, low-cost, and accessible. Mobile data is becoming a necessity for one's needs on digital access. The notion of working anywhere, anytime has been introduced five to six years ago with the emergence of public Wi-Fi's and integration of mobile data in mobile subscription plans. This, along with busy people's habit of moving around a lot, drinking coffee here and there, and the convenience of logging into work on demand, did introduce a growing behavioral shift. The dangerous and hardly traceable spread of the virus has led governments all around the world to impose lockdown and distancing measures, but working and learning never stops to keep economies running. This paved the way for a more mobile lifestyle of working and studying anywhere where there is internet connectivity and has been influencing even the most traditional companies to revisit their work dynamic structure to keep work ongoing despite the minimization of physical movement in both open and enclosed public spaces. Tune in to Sustainer Rumble as we explore the growing lifestyle and working behavior called remote work, which is colloquially known as work from home or anywhere, and how this is impacting the way people live and move in cities that hardly sleep. That's coming next, so make sure to follow us here wherever you're listening. If you are on Spotify, ensure to tick the Get Notified on New Episodes option to receive push notifications every time we release new episodes. And lastly, follow us on Facebook and Instagram with our handle at Sustainer Rumble or by just looking up at Sustainer Rumble with an exclamation point at the end to constantly be in the know for new and additional information that we publish 
related to the topics that we talk about. Until next time.